Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show sponsored by Unibet. I'm your host, George Ellick. I'm joined by Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding and we are looking forward to day one of the Grand National Festival at Aintree. Incredibly exciting stuff, Andy. Uh, always this time of year, a spoilt for choice with the start of the flat season and then uh, post Cheltenham, of course, no shortage of high quality racing as well. And it kicks off with a pretty good start on Thursday, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, couldn't agree more, George. I think because we've had an extra week to uh, mull over and sit on our hands for a little bit, it just seems to have taken forever to get to this meeting. Um, <laughs> I suppose the rating has taken a little bit of a dip in quality in in the interim. Um, notwithstanding, we saw a good opening day to the uh, flat turf season. Of course, we had uh, Bank, Holiday, uh, Bank Holiday Good Friday as well, which um, saw some quality flat racing. But uh, we're very much back in business uh, with the Aintream um, Festival. Appetites whetted by Fairy House of the Day. Three great uh, days of good sports over in Ireland. And um, a lot of the horses that we're going to be talking about here, by and large, um, took part at, at the Cheltenham Festival. Certainly sort of half the field anyway. So that's always the classic conundrum, isn't it? Weighing up the horses that miss Cheltenham, have come mm. fresh, especially for this meeting, against the ones that we know have got the best form and the best time figures. So always a difficult um, balancing act between the two. I'm looking forward to you balancing it for all of us and, and letting us know where the value is ahead of uh, ahead of day one. As I say, this show is sponsored by Unibet and they are offering more extra places uh, in races at Aintree this season than ever before. Every single handicap race. And do check out the Unibet site for where they are playing those extra places. And they are also offering money back for second or third on at least one race every day. Visit unibet.co.uk to find out more details on those offers. And I'll be talking through uh, Unibet's prices for all of these races, which we'll get into now. We're going to go through the card for Thursday. We'll be joining, uh, Andy will be joining me again on Thursday as we look ahead to days two and three. So, uh, yeah, if you're watching this on Thursday, the event has already gone, then do uh, check out the Odds Check uh, YouTube channel where you can find days two and three up there, including, of course, the Grand National itself. Uh, but kicking off with the 145. Um, here at uh, Aintree, it is of course uh, the at the novice chase um, here where uh, we've got joint favourites and Banbridge. You know, we're, we're recording this at about midday on Tuesday, the 11th. So final decks just in. Banbridge opened uh, around about the two to one mark, but early money means the Banbridge and Stage Star are now 13 to eight favourites ahead of Saint Roy at 11 to four. Straw found Jack 20 to one and Visionarian 22 to 1. So three at the top end of the market, two outsiders here, Andy. Where do you see the value? Yeah, I think St. Roy's the value, uh, St. Roy, um, without a shadow of a doubt, because he finished third in the second best race on the time figures, our time figures anyway, at the Cheltenham Festival. And that was that third in the arco behind uh, the mighty El Fabiolo. It was a real strong gallop that day. It always looked like being on paper, didn't it? With Dysart Dynamo setting them alight from the start. And, um, he sorted the wheat from the chaff in the latter stages. Al Fabiolo stayed on really well, beat beat um, John Bon, who in turn finished uh, nicely ahead of uh, St. Wa. But St. Wa went through the race like the good horse that he is. Um, and going into this festival, I always thought as though St. Wa was probably going to end up being a Turner's horse uh, and end up running against the likes of Mighty Potter and Stage Star in that two and a half mile race. Given that John Bond was the main representative for J.P. McManus, that always seemed the logic. He wouldn't run the two grade one horses against each other, but he did. Um, and he certainly got justified in, in many respects with that horse running such a good race um, to finish the to, to Alfa Um The problem is obviously with 
um, stage star looking at him. He's obviously had a very hard race at the festival. Will he go the way of many horses, uh, as we saw at Fairy House, i.e. running hard all the way to the line and then dipping badly on their next run? That would be my doubt with him. And the ground, I think, is the issue with Banbridge. Now, I had him down as a very strong choice for the Turners, as many did, based on his run behind uh, El Fabiolo in the Irish Arca when he, when he stayed on and finished second. Um, he looked as though the, the two-and-a-half-mile trip would definitely suit him all day. Um, but they wanted good ground or good to soft ground. Obviously, the heavens opened um, in the lead-up to the race and they decided to pull the plug. I actually think they pulled the plug um, on the morning of the race because mm. the, the rain came. They're obviously very concerned. Now, the forecast for today, as we're speaking, particularly towards the back end of the day, into uh, Wednesday and the early part of Thursday, is for a lot of rain. More predominantly Tuesday into Wednesday, then it goes scattered showers. So connections of Banbridge are going to be doing a bit of a weather watch again. I don't think they're going to be wanting it soft or even, even softer than that in places. So even though he's... The, logically the one to be with, having sidestepped Cheltenham and ties in with the very best two milers and looks as though two and a half is his trip, he wouldn't really want to slog. So it's a real balancing act for me at the moment to look at this race and think, well, Banbridge would be the selection if it, if it wasn't going to rain, but it is going to rain. In wh- how much quantities will determine whether he's still a bet or not? I'd probably go against Stage Star. And and Samuel at, at time of recording is is the only logical choice I could come up come up with because he'll definitely get the trip, um, and his time figure suggests that he's 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 be, he's right up there with the very best. So he would be the value at three to one as we speak. Eleven to four, uh, Saint Saint is with Unibet uh, the value play at this stage for Andy uh, onto the two twenty now the second race on the card the juvenile hurdle uh, and Zenta. Is the thirteen to eight favourite ahead of Bo Zenith at four to one? Nusrit is nine to two, eight to one. Scriptwriter seventeen to two. Perseus Way, Graval is nine to one, sixteen to one. Bar those, Andy. I think the first thing we can say, George, uh, unequivocally, is that the juvenile category has been pretty substandard this season. Mm. Um, we haven't got a horse that's run a time figure that we'd normally expect a Grade One juvenile to be running. Uh, not even Lossy Mouth in the Triumphurdle itself ran um, the, the numbers that many uh, top quality horses have done in that division in years gone by. So, uh, like I say, I think we have been and we are still dealing with um, a, a pretty modest bunch of, of four-year-olds. But, um, and that was kind of backed up with yesterday's run over in Ferryhouse, the grade two. The Triumphurdle fourth, Gusta Wind was only third. And, and the horse that I fancied strongly the Triumph Ferdinand, who was an odds-on shot yesterday. Blood Destiny also got beat by a 25-to-1 shot. So mm. it's just a really head-scratching division. Um, Zenta's looks the obvious one based on her run in the Triumph. Um, I mean, she travelled really well. At least she came up the hill. And, you know, she kind of like hung on, hung on to the coattails of Lossy Mouth and, and, the, uh, and the second, in turn finishing well clear of the rest. So she definitely sets a very, very high standard. Uh, or a standard certainly higher than the rest anyway. We don't get carried away, because they were the juveniles. The one I'd be most keen on, as I, I see, is the biggest danger, uh, having missed Cheltenham deliberately to be safe to this, in in the in the hope that they get good ground or good to soft ground at the very worst, is Nuzret. Now, he's also very ground-dependent, similarly to Stabber Companion Banbridge, who missed the Cheltenham Festival. They also swerved the festival because they thought they might get soft ground. 
he proved himself on good ground on a flat track when he won the Dovecot. Um, sorry, when he won the Adonis, I beg your pardon, at Set Kempton, um, lowering the colours of Perseus Way. And I think the ground is very, very crucial to Nunzrick because he didn't handle it when he ran at Leopardstown behind Lossy Mouth. He hated it when he ran at Fairy House uh, behind Blood Destiny. And if they do get a large quantities of rain, um, and it is soft ground genuinely on the day, his chances will very much be negated. So as I'm standing here right at this very moment looking for what's the value, Zenta is the most likely winner, but she's no value. Nuzret very much is the value. Um, around about the was it nine to two, five to one mark, something like that. Nine to two, there? yeah. Nine to two, yeah. I mean, that would be a really good each way bet if the ground didn't deteriorate. But I fear as though that it probably will do come come race day on um, on t- two twenty on, on on Thursday. So at this stage, would you be keeping a powder dry before? It's a powder dry. Yeah, I, I, <clears> my <throat> advice would be to back Nuzri if it stays no worse than good to soft. But if it went soft or even softer, you know, soft heavy in places or something like that. Um, I don't think I'll get to those extremes, but if it was genuinely soft, then I would keep my powder dry in that race. I've got nothing else beyond those two. Nazareth nine to two as it stands with Unibet Zenta thirteen to eight. Uh, on then to the two fifty-five, uh, the Aintree Bowl, where um, Shishkin is the nine to four favourite with Unibet at a Brave Man's Game uh, at five to two. Aplutard four to one. Ahoy Senor five to one. Conflated five to one. Galore fifty to one. And as is often the case here, Andy, um, we've got horses that come here off a pretty tough slog in the Gold Cup at Cheltenham, and then a favourite though this time round in Shishkin, who was an unlucky loser, uh, an unlucky in defeat in the Ryanair meeting traffic and running. How do you see? I mean. I've seen some fairly surprised that Shishkin's at the top end of this market. Off the back of that, where do you stand? Uh, I think this is the, one of the best races of the entire three-day festival, George. Mm. Let's start by saying that um, five top-quality horses, and that's nothing against Garlor, because I don't think he's quite in this bracket just as yet. Uh, I think he's rated 153, suggests that. But all the other horses, you know, in the high 160-stroke, early 170s, um, and and that is the classic conundrum that you already pointed out in your summary, George. Mm. You know, we know what the best form is, which is the Gold Cup. You know, the time figure that Galapanda Champ produced was one of the best that we've got in the last decade. So it was very much a stellar Gold Cup this year. But the likes of Brave Man's Game and Conflated went hard all the way to the line, toe-to-toe with uh, Willie Mullins' star chaser. And that is the problem. Whether they'll be affected by coming here off such a hard race in such a relatively short period of time, only time will tell. I can't tell. I don't think even the trainer will know. The horse will still do the same thing at home. He'll go up the gallops and he'll be fresh and well. And all the reports will be say, oh, yeah, he's come out the race, great. He's eaten up, he's fit, he's well, he's raring to go again. But that means absolutely nothing. I don't think you should get sucked into those kind of comments either because we only really will find out when they're pushed through the limit again. I think it's a mental thing as well with a lot of these horses rather than a physical thing. Um, I mean, the physical thing is a, is a is an issue to a degree, but I do think mentally going again and having such a bruising race off the back of a um, you know a punishing encounter is not is nothing is not to, to be underestimated. So my gut instinct is to probably field against Grave Man's game and conflated, even though my gut instinct is telling me that they they got the best chance based on the numbers. Uh, mm. And I'd certainly be wouldn't rule in anyone out if they fancied Shiskin. 
to overcome that mistake, as you pointed out, at the third last in the, in the Ryanair, and then stay on in the fashion that he did. He's absolutely crying out for three miles. I think the King George has already been mooted for him next season. That looks like the logical target. Um, and, you know, we know that he, he comes alive at this time of year and, and he's got no problem with the ancient track either. So I think he is the right favourite uh, based on the, the potential of what could come over three miles. But I do think the most interesting runner here, and he, he, he's kind of almost been forgotten here, he's a, he's a hoy senior. Mm. I still thought he was going really well at the head of affairs when he tipped up at the final ditch. That's a problem with him. He, he just makes the odd ignorant mistake, doesn't he, here, there and everywhere, which often costs him. But if he can jump a clear round, he's definitely got the ability to, to beat this lot. And the fact that I think he's going to get an uncontested lead from the front in a smaller field when he's not getting harried. Don't forget Hoyek was eyeballing him from a long way out in the Gold Cup. I think that'll definitely help his chance. And if David Fox can, uh, sorry, Brian Hughes can get him in to a good uh, rhythm at the, at the front, that, that work might well be the making of him. So at the prices, um, I think again, I think we're dealing with around about five to one, aren't we, for Hoyek? Five to one, yeah. I think that's a fair price because he'll certainly, like I say, serve it up to them for at least two and a half miles. And if he does get into a good rhythm and the others are starting to feel it a bit, um, we we know that he uh, he stays on particularly well. And he's the only course and distance winner in the field as well. That's not to be forgotten when he beat Bradman's game here last year. So it could well be a, a terrific start for the meeting for Lucinda Russell, uh, who's obviously got the Grand National favourite on the Saturday. And Hoy Senior could kickstart proceedings for them. Is um is Derek Fox not riding because he's injured? I. Uh, don't think so, and I don't know what the reason is behind it. I quickly changed track there because I, I presume yeah. Derek Fox was riding, and I just quickly looked up and saw Brian Hughes. So whether connections have, have jocked off Derek Fox, I don't know. I don't know what the arrangement is there, I but saw, Brian, Brian Hughes yeah. is riding. I saw some suggestion that he was an injury doubt because he's obviously he rides quite rambler as well. I mean, Could well be. be. Desperately yeah, upsetting for, for him if he can't ride either either of those two. I'm sure he'll want to put right what happened on a high senior and also want to follow up there. The win on Court Rambler with a, a Gold Cup, to, sorry, with a Grand National tilt. Yeah, whether whether he's just saving himself a Saturday, I don't know, and he's not putting himself through any mm. other possible um, misgivings um, in in the in the build-up. I don't know, but I mean, he's not a bad resub, um, uh, substitute. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Five to one, uh, Ahoy Senor, um, looking to put that full behind him here in the entry bowl um on then to the 330 and is this going to be a procession for constitution hill as most of all all of his races really have been so far in his hurdling career um one to six constitution hill is already beaten epiton um a couple of times his stable mate she is nine to one uh, zana here 12 to one Sharjah 18 to one i like to move at 25 to one so royale uh 50 to one i mean we're not going to get involved here at six on, but can you can you pick any uh, anything in the price? Um, well, I'm certainly going to try and um, come up with a, an alternative anyway uh, in the without the favourite market. That's my job, isn't it, to try and mm-hmm. make head or tail of of, uh, of a race when um, you know there isn't any value to be had in the favourite and the one that is obviously going to win, and that's Constitution Hill. We all know that. Actually, flippantly said, didn't we, um, in a preview straight after the Grand National that some firms had. Constitution in at one to four. We we, we thought that was value, and um, come Thursday, I think it'd probably be one to seven, one to eight. So for the money mm-hmm. buyers, you know, you're kind of uh, halving your stake, aren't you, to win the same amount? Um, yeah, lucky a win winning the canter without breaking sweat. Um, I think charges the value without the favourite. Um, um, as as it speak as we speak, I don't think you need better 
Um, no, so this, this market yet. I was going to say market price. We've got Epitont thirteen to eight, Zanahir nine to four, Charger seven to two. I like to move at eleven to two, Sir Royal uh, ten to one. But do check out Unibet.co.uk um, because I'm sure they'll have a market up fairly soon. Well, let's say they go at least three to one, Charger maybe slightly bigger. I do think Willie Mullins' 10-year-old is the one to be with here. On a process elimination, really. Let's say this soft ground come Thursday. Um, trying to get the crystal ball out here, George. Um, <laughs> I like to move it. We'll have serious question marks about him on soft ground, as he proved in the tri- in, in the champion hurdle. Uh, Sky Royal, admirable though he is. He'll also have a problem with soft ground, uh, especially over two and a half. Uh, Zana here, he'll probably be ridden for, to pick up the pieces um, like he was in the, in the champion hurdle, but not sure with he's as good a horse as Charger. And Epitome was a huge flop, wasn't she, in, in the um, in the mare's race. I don't really know why she ran so badly. So there's a little bit of a cloud uh, hanging over her, even though um, she's the title holder in this race and she likes the track, as we know. Um, but Charger, look, he seems to be a horse that um, always runs his race come rain or shine. A cracking run off, on, off top right weight in the county hurdle, um, which shouldn't be underestimated, even though it was a handicap. Um he ties in with all the best Irish form with Stateman and, of course, previous champion hurdles with Honeysuckle. Um, and given that um, Patrick Mullins, who often rides him, likes to ride him fairly quiet and patiently, he's the archetypal horse that will come through and pick up pieces late on when the favourite's gone clear. Um, so, yeah, I, I see him as the, being the value bet in the race without the favourite, as I said, if you can get bigger than three to one. Yeah, keep an eye out, as I say, on Unibet, uh, Charger. Yeah, a bit of seven to two around now, uh, but we'll see what price Unibet do come out with. Hopefully the traders don't listen to Andy's reasoning there before they price it up. Um, but keep an eye and you'll find the price up there, I'm sure, fairly soon. Um, on now to the 405, the Hunter Chase here, where Winged Leader is the 130 favourite. Famous Claremont and uh, Late Night Pass, both 11 to two. Uh, Fier Jagan is uh, seven to one. Uh, it's on the line, 11 to one. Magic Saint, 11 to one. Benny's King. Uh, 14 to 1 bar those and you know those eagle-eyed amongst you will remember wig leader was the horse that was collared very late on in the, in the, in the hunter chase at uh, Cheltenham last year um, Andy can you make uh, I, I know that hunter chases aren't necessarily everyone's cup of tea can you make any uh, any play for some value here yeah definitely yeah I, I'd say one of my strongest bets uh, on day one comes in this race um, I've got a huge man of respect for wing leader and anything that David Christie of course runs he's got an embarrassment of riches you know Ferns Cross uh, Vauselay run a brave race of course at the Cheltenham Festival and of course uh, wing leader who comes here uh, fresh having avoided uh, taking uh, on uh, Bill Away et al in the um, uh, Cheltenham version of course and I think that's always a wise move you often find that the winner of this race uh, doesn't run in the three mile two race because it's such a bruising grueling encounter to come here only 20-odd days afterwards uh, mm. often takes its toll. So I'd, I'd be against um, the second favorite, famous Claremont uh, based on that. And also there's another one that took part in, that, in, the, in this race as well. Uh, it's on the line who finished second, of course, to the uh, one of the outsiders. Um, I'd be against him. Um, wing leader, got nothing wrong to say about or bad to say about wing leader. I think this trip will suit him. I think the flat track will suit him. Um, he does stay three miles, but I think, you know, two, six. Uh, given his run style, he, he likes to race prominently. Will be absolutely up his street, but I think it's sort of three to one, that kind of price. I'd, I'd probably look elsewhere. And I'm a big fan of um, Late Night Pass, a horse that I've tipped in this race last year. Uh, I loved his profile coming into uh, Aintree 12 months ago. Um, 
He'd run well in the race before previously when he was second to Cousin Pascal, if you remember. And I thought Connections had timed his preparation absolutely ideal. They gave him two two or three runs in a point to point. Um, he won all three. He won two of his three, and he duly obliged. Um, he's had a similar profile this season. He's won uh, two of his last three starts. Comes here fresh and well. Um, again, looks as though he's got his timing absolutely perfect. I'd say ground for him, ideally good to soft. He's won on soft ground, so he wouldn't mind soft. But I'd say let's let's say soft good to soft in places will be perfect because I think the national course will probably ride a good deal better than maybe the Marmay track because they don't race on it all that often. Uh, but the fact that he's gone round these fences twice, he's hardly ever put a foot wrong in his career. He hardly ever falls. Um, yeah, I mean, any, anything each way about late night pass, I'm sure you'll get a great spin out of that. Late night pass, 11-2, to two, best price as it stands now there at Unibet, one of Andy's strongest bets of the week there in the 405. Uh, two more races to cover in this Thursday preview. Um, and we've got the Red Rum Handicap Chase next up, where third time Lucky is the 4-1 to one favourite ahead of Douglas Talking at 9-2. to two. Global Citizen is 6-1, to one, Dancing on My Own. Eight to one, pay the piper and grey diamond both seventeen to two, ten to one bar those. Andy. Yeah, again, another race where I've got a fairly strong opinion on. Um if the if the rain comes and it and it does get into the ground by the time they run this race, and I think it'll count against third time lucky. Uh, I put him up in the grand annual. I thought he ran a blinder, Dan Skelton's horse, but he just didn't get home on the ground. He travelled like the best horse. He was given a beautiful ride by um Harry Skelton. And he just didn't see it out up the hill on the ground. I think it'll be the same again here if, if it is soft. Um, and the one thing I think which is going to be assured here, they're going to go a really strong gallop. Uh, and the horse that's going to be responsible for the strong gallop uh, and the one I think will stay there in front is Douglas Talking. Now, Lucinda Russell has just been uh, nothing short of a uh, sensation in the last two or three years uh, with her chasers. One for Arthur, your hoisting yours, your, your um, Corrick Ramblers. A trainer very much punching up against their weight when when the northern scene has been um, really disappointing over you know, over the last decade or so. Um, even Donna McCain and Nicky Richards can't get a look in at the Cheltenham Festival, but Lucinda Russell is very much different to that. And she's got this uh, Douglas talking, really humming and hum, humming and singing at the moment. Had a wind operation after a couple of disappointing runs early on in the campaign, but he's looked a totally different horse since. Um, he absolutely dotted up when he won it air two runs ago, and I didn't really pay that much attention to that win. It looks, looks like a mandatory victory against Northern Horses, but then he came down south the other day and went to Sandown, and he completely and utterly toyed with a good horse of Venetia Williams's called Gamma Ray. I love the way he jumped and travelled that day, and he simply bounded clear in the latter stages. Um, he made soft ground at Sandown look like good ground. He was that good. His time figure was really good, uh, and he looked as though he, he got loads in hand when he, when he hit the line. He's obviously been bumped up in the handicap subsequently but I do think he's still well treated up 134 um, obviously Derek Fox doesn't ride so, uh, Stephen McQueen rides here they could have used Patrick Wadge as well they could have actually claimed off of him and um, um, given him an extra uh, uh, extra chance um, but they've decided to go with Stephen who's ridden him before and I think he'll just jump off and run him into the ground he's a real big strong bull of a horse powerful galloper this track should suit him ideally uh, and he's the kind of horse that once he gets into rhythm, a rhythm, like he showed at Sandown, which is very much a rhythm track, he's going to be very, very difficult to shake off on the front. So this, sh- this shot two miles is tailor-made for Douglas Talking. 
Douglas talking nine to two best price at the moment with Unibet. <clears throat> They're currently a fifth to four, but keep your eyes out on the Unibet site to see what place terms uh, and prices will come available. Uh, finally, it is the bumper, the 5.15. No prices here as of yet. Normally these prices come out um, the evening before the race, but I'm excited, Andy, to hear your take because a couple of really um, certainly looking by the eye tests, uh, exciting candidates here. We've got See You In My Dreams for Paul Nichols. Uh, we've got Jolie Coralen for Willie Mullins um, and uh, Not Keeping You Going, who is an impressive winner as well for John McConnell at Galway. Um, who comes out best out, out of all this lot in the, the, the speed ratings? Um, well, See You In My Dreams clocked a good number when, when she won at Newbury. She created a really favourable impression that day. I think everyone could see that she's a potentially um, star mare um, in the next season or two when she goes over hurdles and she should be out, out, out of trouble at the front, at the front as well. Cause uh, both of her two victories in point to point field, and of course at Newbury have been when she's made all the running mm. really exciting type, but this July, uh, Julie Kerr Allen is the one that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, I went and watched the video uh, back um, the other day of her race, um, her only race so far today over in a native land. And I could see why JP McManus has bought this horse. Um, I'm not sure the standard of the form. I, I wouldn't have any, any clue if I'm being absolutely honest. But just visually, the way she went through the race and the way she hit the line suggests that she's going to be a potentially very, very smart horse. Um, I think she probably would have won with a clear run as well. That was my overriding impression. She got boxed in. And then once she saw a little bit of daylight, she flew. But the one that won it ended up just getting first run. Um, but there's the, 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 the just loads of potential there. She obviously hasn't run for 213 days, so that has to be factored in. But I think it's very significant that they're not even giving her a run. They're just basically just throwing her into the lion's den and saying, go on, let, let's see what you can do um, without even running in Ireland or, or, or have any kind of experience. So they must believe that she's, um, you know, the right type for this race. Willie Mullins has won this race last year with Ashero Diamond. So, you know, you know, like I say, he knows what it takes. She's obviously been doing that kind of work, which suggests she's up to graded standard. So given that uh, Willie Mullins literally... Um, is winning with everything in his stable at the moment. I think he had about seven or eight winners um, over the over the last two or three days, maybe even more than that. I lost count. And then uh, Julie Kerr Hélène would be the one for me. Do you know what Jolie Kerr means in French, Andy? Oh, God, I should do, but I don't. The literal translation is um, pretty hearts, but I think the, the actual translation is sweetheart. So okay. sweetheart Alan is, uh, is the one we're looking at here for, for Willie Mullins. And as you say, uh, surely got to mean something that this French recruit has been pitched in at the deep end here in the entry bumper. Um, interested to see what price Unibet come out with um, when prices do come out in the next 24 hours or I'd, so. I'd, I'd guess second favourite. I'd, I'd be amazed if CU in my dreams isn't favourite, uh, but I'd, I'd pretty much be confident that Willie Monning's trained highly regarded mayor or filly um, that could be anything won't be put in any bigger than sort of second favourite. Out of interested, out of interest, sorry. Um, what price is not keep? Sorry, how how did not keeping you going um, stack up in your? Because I saw presenting Jay, who um, he beat with the one bumper start, one next time out, um, and it was a massive gamble on the show as well. I think it was about twenty five to one into thirteen to two. Um, yeah. The winner. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was a that was a good winner uh, next time out for the for the Kennedys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the way she won at Galway. She, you know, bossed it from the front, always travelled well. Difficult to make all the running at Galway, but she 
powered clear up the hill, won by, I think, double digits, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah, 13 lengths. Uh, and the fact that John McConnell hasn't run her, like, I would have thought he might have maybe saved her for Cheltenham or something like that. There's a good mayor's um, uh, meeting, uh, isn't there, next week um, mm. with a with a mayor's listed bumper. He could have gone there. And John McConnell certainly knows where to place his horses and, and how how highly he should be punching uh, with these kind of animals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a great winter run ratio when he brings horses over John McConnell, as he proved at the Channel Festival. He was looking not to have two winners, wasn't he? Because Marlon Mission fell at the second last mm. in the in the um, national chase when he had the race at his mercy. So it's it's a yard very much not to want to be underestimated. There we go. Uh, thanks, Andy, as ever, for sharing his thoughts and tips and insight with us ahead of the day one of the Grand National Festival at Aintree. Thank you very much to Unibet for sponsoring the show as well. They'll also be sponsoring Friday and Saturday's preview, which we'll be recording later on in the week. So do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find that there when it's out. And remember that Unibet are offering more extra place races at Aintree this season than ever before. Um, every handicap race will have extra places and others too. So do check that out. And they'll also be offering money back for second or third on at least one race every day check out unibet.co.uk to find out more details uh, hopefully a couple of winners in there thanks to andy thank you to you for watching or listening to this so keep your eyes peeled for those previews coming up in the next couple of days enjoy day one at entry and please ensure that you're gambling responsibly <laughs>